Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. What podcast? A podcast for Bonnarooians by Bonnarooians. I'm Brad. That's Barry. From the Chattanooga Times Free Press, I'm Brad from Hits 96 WDOD Radio in Chattanooga. Uh, I don't know if you can notice uh, today, Barry, but I'm wearing um, someone else's clothes. <laughs> I'm wearing a completely Hillary's. different outfit. I feel uncomfortable. I feel like I've <clears throat> put on an outfit that I don't necessarily fit in. It's funny you say that. I okay. had the same thought. I, yeah. I, I Is it because you're sitting in that broken chair? Absolutely. <laughs> I purposely tried to be as uncomfortable today all day as I could for the same reason <laughs> I think you're going toward. All right. So we decided to do something a little differently this week. First off, we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us, the What Podcast, at thewhatpodcast.com or at the what underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, by the way, just as a little housekeeping, we're going to uh, do the Bonnaroo ticket drawing here. I believe we've got two weeks. So in a second, we're going to uh, uh, give you details on how you can win those. This week, we decided to uh, dip a toe into a pool that we thought about doing last year. We just ran out of time with it. And I felt like it was apropos to do this year because it is just full. The lineup is full of nothing but hip hop and rap music uh, and rap artists. And uh, this is where we become uncomfortable because it's not necessarily our wheelhouse. We just don't we just don't swim in this in this ocean very often. No, absolutely not. And, we, and it's kind of funny because that was the reason we started this podcast was to go find the acts that were on last year's schedule that we didn't know anything about. Cause That's a good point. I totally forgot that. I forgot that. That was the whole point of the show. (laughs) That was the whole point of the show because there were so many that we'd never heard of. But you're right. We never did venture into this. And uh, I was thinking about this earlier. Is this going to sound like dad? Yeah. Is this dad going to talk here? I remember when (laughs) I actually, I mean, I was working at a record shop locally when Sugar Hill Rapper's Delight came out. And so I was kind of obsessed with rap as it was known then. It didn't have the overarching hip-hop uh, for a long, long time. It kind of lost me when it got into gangster rap. Um, or as the kids would call it, trap music. Trap, I guess. Okay. I, I didn't know that. Um, and it 
and and here's where it really I'm gonna sound like dad. Mm-hmm. I don't care for uh, the misogyny and some of the the name calling type. I don't you know if it's N word and the misogyny yeah. stuff. I'm out. There was a time when I introduced Barry to Anderson Pac. This was three years ago, four years ago when when Malibu came out, and the first song you heard, you're like I'm out. Yep. No, I because because he because he cursed in a way that you just did not like those two words, man. I'm just not into it. I get it. I get um, it. I, I just I, I think it's. I mean, we could do a whole. Don't want to be too too old guy. I, know, I don't but, want to turn this into Fox News. Right. I just think it's. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's more hurtful for all of us than it is helpful. But maybe. I mean, that's a good point, and 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 I'm not going to get lost in the point because I know what you're trying to say. But there is a uh, and what I told you then about the Anderson Pock thing is it is a completely different culture. And we have to understand that that is is just regular lexicon in a certain culture. It's not ours, and it's not ours to take, but I can appreciate it just like you could probably appreciate it when it was different, completely different sounds, languages, etc., when it was happening in the 60s. When soul music blew up and, and white people were uncomfortable about what uh, black people were doing inside their black clubs, or when Elvis started dancing and, and people were... Old people were freaking out about it. It's just a different culture. It's a different time, and I'm not going to behoove it. I'm just not going to take it and do it myself. Yeah, I've heard that argument. In fact, I got into an email argument sort of for a minute with Russell Simmons, of all things, of Def Jam. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he sent out this this email. I've never done this in my career. He sent out this email basically saying what you said. Remember, it was when it was a big, big deal. I think it was even in uh, going before radio. They were banning this and that. And I, I just, I disagree. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think those two, those two words in particular, or especially the, the bitch. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just hurtful. It's you just harmful. I don't think it does any, anybody any good. But again, it is just words. They are just words and, and words. That part I get. And I, to me, words weight changes over decades in time. Uh, there's like, I mean, for instance, my, my favorite football team are the Redskins. You know, if you wanted to say 150 years ago that that term was offensive, you may have a point. But now the only time that people refer to that word is by a football team. You know, so I I mean, I get what you're saying, but words, definitions and the weight of what they carry do change over time because uh, certain people and certain groups take ownership of them. They won't let them hurt them anymore. So the, the words part doesn't necessarily get to me. It's I do think, though, that there is a. A cultural difference between what trap music is and what normal hip hop and, and R and B and rap is, where it's it is celebration of a of of something that I just don't necessarily think that I'm I'm into. Well, <laughs> the know, other side of it, and and I have made this argument for many many years, and and I mean it sincerely. To me, rap, hip hop, trap, whatever you want to call it, is not that different, that far afield from folk music or country music. Uh, the words are different, certainly. The sounds are different, certainly. But it is basically the story of a people, of a community. It well, is a way to communicate. And- that is true. And, and but, but like, I think that we all got off on the wrong foot. Especially, I mean, I'm going to be very, you know, race driven for a second. But white people got off on the wrong foot a lot of times when it came to hip hop back in the '80s because. You know, Ice Cube and N.W.A. were doing stuff that really scared people. Like they, there was a right. very tumultuous time. Nobody really understood what was going on out there in, in Oakland. They didn't understand the the, the right. cultural fight that they were having with with police officers that still lasted today. Absolutely. So they were they were writing music about their experience in that in that system. And 
if it wasn't for that, I don't, I mean, would some of us even know? Would some of us no, even know what that struggle was yeah, about? Yeah, that's a great so point. So to me, like, that's why some of this stuff has to be listened to and thought of differently, because they're trying to say something in their language, in their words, uh, whether it's Post Malone's words, whether it's uh, Childish Gambino's words, whoever's, their lifestyle is being is being told to us if right. we're just willing to listen to it. Absolutely. And and I mean they generally, not based on race, right. by the way. And, and, and I... I I lived through all of that. I remember when all that was happening, and I liked that music. I respected that music. I did not understand it. Um, you know, I I didn't live it again. Where it lost, where it really started to lose me. Um, and if we had um, a lot of artists that were talking about things that they didn't live either. Yeah, you had a lot of ghost writers. You had a lot of, and we, you get that in all kinds of music. So. But with you know, that being said, and I hate to interrupt you, but with that being said, and I think that's why we have missed the boat a lot as far as the the generic Bonnaroo uh, attendee, maybe not so much as the, the younger generation that comes into music festivals, but I think that we have missed it a little bit because Bonnaroo doesn't really book any of that. They don't really go there, whereas I've been to a lot of music festivals. And there's a lot of that garbage. There's a lot of just garbage hip hop that they put on stage. And I, I just don't think Bonnaroo does that. I think they're very specific about the hip hop that they put on. Now, I would love to talk to um, somebody inside AC or even, you know, Live Nation when they were doing it. Um, I mean, we could probably talk to C3 about it as well. But there have got to be some hip hop artists that they've put on stage that they said, well, that didn't work. Because... <laughs> I've watched them. I've watched Absolutely. so many bad hip-hop shows at Bonnaroo, but I don't think that they booked them in the in the same spirit that other festivals have booked them. The other festivals book hip-hop and, and rap music and rap artists so that they can, you know, jump onto some zeitgeist. Sure. Like, for instance, there is not a chance, not a chance, I think, Bonnaroo would ever book a Lil Yachty. He is terrible. Like, he's legit terrible. I mean, I saw him in Hangout, and it was 45 minutes of him screaming, Lil Bo! Lil Bo! See, with 45-second clips. I just don't think they would do that. I might be wrong, but I think that they're very specific, and they try to find the ones that matter. And you can go back all the way to, like, 2006 when they put Cypress Hill on in Common. I mean, they had cultural relevance, right? I mean, if I look back at the very first hip-hop artist that they put on, or rap, or R&B, I, I mean, I can't really find the right definition for them, but it's probably Jurassic 5. Jurassic 5 in 2002, The Roots in 2003, um, you know, they took a few years off, and they brought Common and Cypress Hill in 2006, and then it really all started and changed with Kanye in 2008. And I don't think, that, like, they're they're putting people on stage that are, are anything but at least artistic and true to some sort of artistic value. Well, and that's the difference. Um, Again, old guy, me, I mean, I watched that whole thing, that whole genre develop from start. I can remember covering as a reporter, reviewing Run DMC, Ice-T, I mean, all of the the big names, and they were my favorites. I love Public Enemy. Yeah. But I watched a show where Flava Flav did nothing but cuss and scream, (laughs) turn the lights up for 30 minutes. Yeah. They were brutal, brutal shows to sit through. Yeah. There would be eight acts, 20 minutes between each, and all you're doing is setting up a microphone. It's just not a very visually attractive show. Run DMC would have been the difference. They they worked hard at creating 
a visual show in addition to the music. So you do have that, but it's developed as we've seen. Um, I, I'm not at all here to say I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I like some of it. I like when it's sincere and artistic, like you said. I I understand. I like when the message is. I mean, it's just good songwriting. Yeah. You know, I mean, that doesn't matter the venue. Yeah. I mean, or the uh, the medium. You know, whether it's country or whatever. If the song, like Anderson Pack. Yeah. Um, and I think I that, did say no to that right away. You did, but yeah. then last year, if you remember, uh, I I came right around. I like I like what he does. Yeah, he's amazing. And and to me, uh, the one that stands out this year. Well, first off, I'd like to to dive into what the what the term means, right? And and try and differentiate what we mean by hip hop, R and B, rap, etc. Now we're we started out saying let's do a hip hop and, and rap episode because it's just so prevalent on this year's festival lineup and last year's lineup and you know some years before uh but i think that we get lost into who exactly fits that mold i mean you can well i got i got a lot of flack a while back because i said mac miller was a hip-hop artist right and i i didn't necessarily say that but in the moment it was a lazy way for me to say he's in that culture because so many hip hop artists look to him, work with him, and love him. So I don't know where the line is. I don't know where you draw. Like I know exactly that Childish Gambino probably doesn't fit any mold. And I sure as hell know that Post Malone. If you told somebody one person that he's a rap artist, they would probably curse at you and tell him, "No, he's not. He's a pop artist." So I don't know. I don't know where the line is anymore. Somebody wrote us on Twitter and said Solange. Right. I don't know if Solange. I know Solange is not a rap artist. But is she an R and B? She's we, an R and B artist. I don't know, man. These these lines have become so blurred. You, and that's so, so interesting to hear coming from you uh, because of your job. I mean, you're a program director at this radio at a mm-hmm. radio station, and you said to me the other day that you guys um, are are programming some country, some new yeah. country stuff. I read an article. And, and where's you, that line anymore? Who knows? When you and I were talking about it, there that pop music is now used to be a genre. Now it's and I forgot where, but it basically said the whole line is blurred because country music has elements of hip hop. Yeah, pop music has elements of hip hop. Mm-hmm. I mean, alternative music. I mean, you, you try and tell me the difference between Walk the Moon, who is uh, an AJR, who were number one on the alternative charts. And insert pop band here. Right. I don't, I don't, I can't tell. Yeah. And, you know, is it good, bad? I, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, it's just the lines have been blurred. And I think it's because there was a, an article that said, you know, listeners listen to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we do, like you and I yeah. do. I, my playlist in the same list, 20 minute listening session, I can go from, you know, Run DMC to Country right. to Merle Haggard sure. or, or newer acts. I just pulled those two out of, out of the air. But, I, and I have no problem with that. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel weird to me at all. Yeah. Well, as far as radio is concerned, and I'd take a, a side track here for a second, but as far as radio is concerned, I don't think that this is a new thing. I think that we temporarily were not what we always were. Temporarily, we got fit into a bubble. Top 40, sure. at least. Top 40, for a while, got stuck in um, uh, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, and on probably a decade before that. But before it... I mean, top forty radio were the Beatles, Led yeah. Zeppelin, and right. it was all over the place. The Mamas and the Papas. I mean, you could go top top forty radio was literally just number one through forty. Now, 
uh, we don't know what it is anymore. It's very confusing, and it's almost station by station, city by city, format by format. And it's it's really, as much as I dislike Top 40 music, I, I program it for a living. I dislike it. I'm an indie alternative guy. I like 60s soul music. But it's a very good spotlight and way to understand how exactly things get programmed at music festivals. Well, it's guys like you and me that want those things to fit into a box. Right. That's right. It's That's not true. the listener. That's true. It's, you know, I need it for a label. Yeah. You know, I need it. Uh, so-and-so's coming to town. They are a... XYZ band. Right. And I'm done. Is that because we don't trust the people that we are communicating to to understand the the differences or or is it just us being lazy? It's us being lazy and huh. it's us it's us being well it's us trying to be succinct. It's us trying to say, you know, if you said Barry, what is so and so? What is Solange like? It's easier if I can give you a one or two word. But is it easier for you or is it easy for the listener? Both. If it if it works, mm. if it you know if they fit into a, that category, which they used to, because we made them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Which you is know? why we get stuck with it. Sounds like exactly. Blank. Yeah, exactly. Your which, your your worst thing in the world. Exactly. You hate so much. I hate doing that, and I, it, but it's the quickest route. It is the quickest route. Um, and with that being said, you know we are not an, uh, good. I mean, if you can't figure out by now, we are not rap and hip hop experts. No. We are not. But I want to go through the lineup this year and find the hip-hop and rap artists, at least some of them, and and go through it and just see what we think about it. First off, I mean, there's no doubting Childish Gambino. And there's no doubting his cultural impact and what he has meant to Bonnaroo and what he's meant to uh, music in general. And, and if I had to guess, not being a hip-hop or rap expert, uh, but what he means to that genre. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how you classify uh, anything that Childish Gambino does Except for, I mean, brilliant. Uh, that that latest album, Awaken My Love, was so, so good. But I've, I've always had a problem a little bit, not with Childish Gambino specifically, but he came, it happened so fast. And I know he was there in 2012, and Bonnaroo has, has really supported him throughout. But I always wondered how this happened so fast and how I missed it so much. It was almost like the show Lost. In that by the time I realized it was a thing, it was already over. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't feel like I'm even, why? how could I go back and start this show with, that you guys have already done? It's like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is about to start. I've not watched one episode. How in the world <laughs> do I start now? Yeah, I'm I'm that way with a lot of the Netflix series. I, I fall in love with them and then find out they came out eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how am I supposed to now start talking about Childish Gambino when I'm so far behind right. and I'm just now coming to terms of like, oh, this Childish Gambino is a thing and it's really good. And boy, if, if there is not a artist that people talk about more, and I maybe it's because he's on the lineup this year and, and he's just so much in the conversation in the past year and a half, two years, but boy, people rave, rave right. over that 2012 and then the subsequent shows he's had after that at Bonnaroo, rave about it. And I couldn't tell you if I even walked past it. Yeah. Yeah. I Absolutely. There's so many of those. Um, and, you know, the reality is we, we can't know everything. I don't try to know everything. I try to at least have a sense of uh, because it's my job and also because I like it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not, yeah, that's not something that I, you know, somebody says, oh, he he's a hip hop artist. No, I'm not going to listen. That's not how it works for me at all. But uh no, I'm with you. I, are you, are you going to go see the the Charles Gambino show? Are you going to you going to invest your time in that? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Uh, there's several of those, and there's several. You know, been making a list as we're doing this because um, it might be his final show ever. 
Right. We don't know. And so that's the other thing, too, that I, I, I get confused about the Childish Gambino thing with Donald Glover. I know it's good. I mean, I know it's very, very good. And This Is America is, is damn near genius, right. right? But did he get what he got because of who he is? To, we talk to these baby bands all the time, right? They have to you know, go on the road and earn it and earn it and earn it. And it seems like he just popped up out of nowhere and all yeah. of a sudden is, no, is, I think he's is huge. I think he's just good. Is it because he's good or is it because he, he, had, a, he had a leg up on everybody else? Mm, I think he's good. Okay. I don't think the leg up thing. I think it gets you in the door. It doesn't keep you there. Because there's an artist that... I feel as though has the same sort of thing happening right now at Bonnaroo, but also slaved away at clubs for a little while. Post Malone. Mm. This time last year, I was talking to a buddy of mine who, maybe a year and a half ago, he said, uh, I got to go to this Post Malone show. And I'm like, where is it? It's at the, you know, some club in Atlanta. I'm like, really? We were battling whether or not we should play it on our radio station because at the time it felt too too urban like it felt mm. so in your face or and so disjointed and weird we're like i don't know if we should take a risk on this and so i got him tickets to the show and then he's like oh my god it was it was unbelievable it was absolutely unbelievable and then he comes back to atlanta like six months later and now he's playing like the fox theater or tabernacle right and i get him tickets to that and the show just gets bigger and the next time i he's six months later he's at like Variety, like a, the the pavilion, something right. like he just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now, Post Malone, the biggest artist on the planet, probably outside of Ariana Grande and Cardi B. I think the key there is you keep saying it, the show. I think that's the key. Um, is there a show, or is it just tracks that sound really good on on your stereo or whatever? Uh, I think the artists that ha- can have a show as part of their act do better. Uh, okay. Here's my struggle with Post Malone. I uh, had a... By the way, I love this line, right? right? I love that line so much. All right, so uh, you can tell I've heard that song a lot. All right, so uh, here's my thing about Post Malone. Um, no, I didn't get it at first. I didn't get it at first. And uh, and I was a little horrified by it. I'm like, please tell me this Captain Mumbles is not going to be the biggest... Man, I am so excited about this show. Yeah. I don't know why, but I can't wait for Post Malone and I I think I like it so much because it's so poppy I mean it is so pop music at this point and it's gotten into me I'm like I I know all the Post Malone songs I know every (laughs) word to every song how is that possible yeah no it's good stuff I mean and it'll be a good show right I I hope so, and that's what I hear, you know, but that's my fear. My fear is a lot of this happens like Khalid did last year, and I'm really excited about it, and then I watch it, and it's legit the worst show I've ever seen of Bonnaroo because the stage doesn't work, the the performance doesn't work, his vocals don't work, he's too down-tempo for a stage show. They try to make a big stage show behind him that was just totally disjointed. The crowd's going to be nuts for Post Malone. They're going to lose their minds on Post Malone. Two things. One, going back two, ep- two shows ago when I was talking about Little Dicky, and I told you I, I ran across a, a YouTube video of one of his live performances, and it wasn't nearly as interesting as, as, the, record- as the videos. And, and again, I don't, you know, I hope it's great. I'm not trying to be negative. But the other thing is sort of going back to the, our conversation with Jeff Quayar, you know, how do they build lanes mm-hmm. for the shows? Do you feel like hip hop fans or Post Malone fans, do they have other things on the farm for them to watch? Does it cross 
Or is it so specific? Well, that's exactly, I think that's exactly uh, the point. Like, you go back to 2008 in the Kanye year. There was nobody else for a right. hip-hop fan. Maybe in 2009 with Beastie, Snoop, and Erica Badu, you could probably find a nice a nice lane there. Everybody 2010, there's nobody. There's Jay-Z, and that's it. But it wasn't until like 2011 where they started figuring out like a J. Cole fan is going to go see Wiz Khalifa, it's going to go see Lil Wayne, it's going to go see Eminem. And then 2012, Ludacris, Childish Gambino, Yellow Wolf, Danny Brown, 2013, R. Kelly, Wu-Tang, Kendrick, ASAP Rocky. Right. You know, they... I think they've 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 filled the lineup out more with with hip hop artists. You know, again, I, they don't they don't find ones that that are garbage, right? Like Future last year, a lot of people hated that show, but you can't deny Future was a major major hip hop star. The problem is is that no matter who they put on there, when it t- comes to hip hop and rap shows, it's a fifty fifty proposition whether it sounds good. It's an interesting thing, right? I mean, we talked about this with the whole EDM thing. It. It feels like, and I, I'm sure they're tweaking it with the other stage and doing away with some of the other things that they've done. It seems so genre-specific. Mm-hmm. You remember, was it last year or two years ago where they would have the EDM stuff at at the uh, other, mm-hmm. and then they had that other, um, excuse me. Calliope? Miss, was it, yeah. The, yeah. It's Calliope. Right, we yeah never whatever figure you want to call it. The one that's yeah, right the, next to our camp. Right next to our camp that went till sunrise. <laughs> Uh, it just seemed a little strange to have both. So I think they're tweaking that sort of thing, right? I mean, but but the lineups have always been, I mean, I've always felt like the lineups had something that I could go and at least check out no mm-hmm. matter who it was. I like EDM a little more, more than you do. I don't think you've ever been over to the other stage, have you? Even uh, out no, of curiosity. No I, no, I have never done that. <laughs> yeah, but you see my point. That's not your, that. you know, you're just going to avoid that. Yeah. Um, whereas my sort of thinking is I'm going to go at least listen. It's maybe not my thing, but I'm going to go listen. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to, but like, I feel the same way about, about hip hop and, and rap shows is like, I'll go and check out. Well, I mean, who was it last year? That was such a disaster. T-Pain. T-Pain right, last year. Right. I mean, when I, when I said earlier that there's got to be some where they said, oh, that was just not, that didn't work. T-Pain's one of them. Right. You know, T-Pain did not work. I'll, I'll go even further. A few years ago, the big boy show to me didn't work. Frankly, I thought Ludacris sounded terrible. Right. The problem with the hip-hop shows is not because I don't love it. And when Ice Cube came, we were the first ones under the tent for Ice Cube because because we are massive Ice Cube fans. It just sounded terrible. Right. The mics were terrible. The sound was just, I mean... It, Oh, I can't, I can't even explain how bad the sound was. I was there three hours earlier, and the sound it wasn't that bad. Right. What happens to that farm and hip-hop shows? It's like it's, it, it's the graveyard for shows that just go to die. I can't imagine that show, that T-Pain show, well, maybe T-Pain because he's, oh, God, he's just terrible. But I can't imagine the big boy show in Atlanta at the Tabernacle is as bad as it sounded at Bonnaroo. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't been to enough to to even pretend to. But when you go to like, uh, and we all know, and we've said it in the in the threads, we've said it on this show, the witch stage has had its sound issues. Right. You know, I feel like they finally figured out the problems and, and, and solved a lot of the issues when it comes to the witch sound. But boy, you put a, a hip hop artist on the witch stage like Lil Wayne, it was dreadful. But yet you put R. Kelly on it and it sounded great. Yeah. You know, I can't. I can't make sense of that. Earth, wind, and fire. I thought sounded. It just 
sucked the life out of it on there for some reason. And well, that yeah. was another, I mean, not a hip-hop show, but that was one I was excited about, and it just kind of laid there. And you're excited, and, and then you get excited about Little Dicky, and you don't you don't get what you want out of a YouTube video. Is that going to keep you from going to see Little no, Dicky? No, absolutely It not. better not, because no, cause I love Little Dicky. I really, really do. I think Pillow Talk is as fun of a song as I have heard, and I think he's totally interesting, but he goes back to like the conversation we were having a bit ago. Who is Little Dicky? Where is he? Is he Lonely Island, or is he a rapper? And uh, I've got a friend of mine who is obsessed with Little Dicky, and will tell you he is straight up a rapper. Yeah, he's funny, and yeah, he's clever, but he is as good of a rapper as you got. So the reason I think Little Dicky is so important, I, I, I love him so much. I don't know what to expect of the show. I really don't care because he's just so much fun. But I, I think that the reason why he works so well is because he combines everything that the culture and the generation is right now is make it funny, make it a YouTube video, make it a viral moment, and make it really, really good. And he knows exactly who he is. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, you turned me on to it, and I, I was obsessed for about three weeks and kept sharing with another guy. Just three it, weeks. I'm still into <laughs> okay. it, but I mean, for three weeks, it's yeah. all I, you know, I was trying to find new stuff. Yeah, uh, and uh, boy, and if you, you walk outside, you walk outside the hall, and you ask anybody who Little Dicky is, they're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, then you show them, and you're like, is that real? Yeah, is this real? <laughs> is this guy for real? Yeah. <laughs> So when we asked you the other day on Twitter at uh, the what underscore podcast, your uh, hip hop recommendations, who you liked, who you uh, are excited about, because we're not the experts. We don't know. Uh, who else did uh, they say we should check out? Uh, all the, Lil Dicky, Gambino, yeah. uh, Gucci Mane. Oh, yeah, Gucci Mane. So uh, Gucci Mane, again, to me, is a lot like, um, let's just put it this way. I think he's fits the mold of that lane as good as anybody else on the lineup. Gucci Mane is, is straight up uh, hip-hop and, and rap artist, yep. more so than probably any. I mean, you could probably find Juice World, Juice World maybe, uh, but not to the extent that Gucci Mane is. Juice World is recommended, uh, Evie uh, recommended, Jack Harlow, Tyler Yahweh. All right, so Tyler Yahweh, uh, if there is no Post Malone, there's no Tyler Yahweh. Right. So he started because uh, Post Malone found him, and I have a feeling because he went on tour with uh, with Post Malone that that was uh, a buy one get one free deal. You know, <laughs> you put you put Post Malone on the lineup. We're gonna bring our buddy You're Tyler, him, yeah. who by the way is gonna more likely not join him on stage because I think that he he does some supporting stuff with him. But so the kid was a a drug dealer. And he worked at a, a Dunkin' Donuts, right? right? So he, he masked his entire uh, thing as a Dunkin' Donuts donut guy. Um, sold drugs, wrote music in the spare time, and just said, screw it. He packed up and uh, and, and moved across the country. Well, no, so he, he didn't. Could... His, his mom kicked him out. Oh, did she? Yeah, I she know that found part. out he was selling drugs and kicked him out of the house. So then he packed up and went to L.A. and... and... Became a rapper, yeah. This is not necessarily the path that I would suggest for the kids. <laughs> I don't <laughs> tell you exactly to do the exact same thing, but... Tough, tough way to do it. It worked out for him, and then he caught uh, he caught Posty's ear. But see, and he, what I hear is the same thing I heard with Anderson Pock, and, and I just like, and I think I used this word last year, the musicality of it. I like, I mean, it's the production is is pretty high there. Uh, it's a little bit... I, I just like it. It's going to be one of these shows that uh, I will I will want to, to give a second to, 
and I want you to blow me away and I want you to reel me in, but you've, you've got to. You've got to do it. And I hope that... I know some of the alternative artists and I know some of the, the indie artists know the ramifications of what this means, but because Bonnaroo has not necessarily been the best hip-hop showcase for a lot of these artists, I wonder if they get the same sort of hit that a regular band would get. I wonder yeah, if I they know. get the same kind of look or if the hip-hop community treats Bonnaroo a little bit like, uh, a little dismissive. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that for a long time, at our paper anyway, and in, in my job, one of the things that was a big sort of determining factor, whether we thought it was legit or not, was whether it was tracks or live music. Uh, and and I don't, I think we quit, we, we let go of that yeah, you several should. years ago. Yeah. But for a long time, if it was tracks, we didn't consider it real. Well, I mean, so we if that's the case, then you're throwing out Drake half the I know, time. I know. I'm just, I'm just offering, you know, whatever. No, I got um, you. Part of that goes back to the whole show thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it's just tracks and somebody's coming out with a microphone and walking back and forth yeah. on stage, it's hard to watch for 90 minutes. It's true. And it does help to know them. It does help to know the songs. Uh, I mean, I true. know that I know that everything R. Kelly right now is toxic. And talking about R. Kelly is terrible. And even going to that show a few years ago, I felt a little, eh, this feels a little, uh, <laughs> uh, but when he released, you know, a thousand doves into the air, that was pretty cool, man. Yeah. I mean, it was a really good show. He didn't, sp- he spent about 50 seconds on every hit and just went hit to hit to hit to hit. So, you know, in some ways it can work that way. I, you know, my patience for, I wonder how well we do when we don't know any of the songs, especially when it's not your genre. If it's not your genre, genre, how how long are you willing to stay? Absolutely. I agree with that. That's true of any music. I I totally get that. Like, for instance, there's there's an artist that I'm intrigued by, uh, Saba. Yeah, go listen to uh, Care For Me. It's a really, really good album. Um, And if if Chance the Rapper is the mayor of Bonnaroo, like we all say he is, uh, Chance the Rapper is going to be at that show. I mean, they're best friends. I think they grew up in, in somewhat of the same neighborhood. Chance Rapper is going to be at that show and uh, popping in and out doing something with Saba. Because if it doesn't just make sense, it, to me, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I would love, love, love to listen to that album front to back because it's really, really good. See, everything that you have played that we listened to today has what I think we talked about at the very beginning was it, it crosses genres. And you, you're right. What is hip-hop? What is rap? What is... You know, I think it's like every other kind of music today. It's a lot of different things. Everything I've heard today is good. I like it. Before we uh, wrap things up here quickly, we need to talk about uh, the giveaway. If you want to get in for Bonnaroo tickets and camping passes, we're going to uh, give away a pair of tickets. Thanks again to the Bonnaroo people and uh, AC Entertainment for giving us these tickets. But if you want a pair of tickets with camping, all you got to do is drop us a line at thewhatpodcast.com or at uh, the what underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're going to basically take everybody's name that's ever interacted with us in any form or fashion and throw them into a big pot and then pick a name out. And we have to do that here in a couple of weeks to uh, give you proper, you know, uh, time to, to get off plan, work, plan and et cetera. Whatever you have to do. Uh, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're more than likely going to be going to Bonnaroo anyway. Uh, and if you're not, please buy a ticket. And if uh, you haven't bought a ticket or if you're going to buy a ticket, let them know that you bought a ticket because of us. Uh, that would really help out. <laughs> or yeah, you can yeah. rate, review the podcast on your uh, Apple Store or Google Play. We got a lot of suggestions and I appreciate all of them. The one that uh, stuck out, uh, stuck, st- I'm sorry, stood out for me was Brock Hampton. 
mainly because uh, Brockhampton was there last year. Why? Why? I mean, they they do this every now and then and bring artists back and uh, do back to back years, like do a Lipa last year and the year before. But what specifically about Brockhampton did they want back at Bonnaroo? And I have to go back and look, but I, I don't remember where Brockhampton played. Did they cancel or something? I, I just because I know so little about Brockhampton. All I know is is they're like five guys and they're relatively young and it sort of started out as a boy band and they would they self-describe themselves as a boy band it's not a guy named Brock last name Hampton which is i just, honestly if i'm being a hand to god i thought that's what it was first <laughs> years ago when i heard Brock Hampton's like oh sounds like a country artist well we've laughed about that before the names probably what about 6 7 8 years ago you, uh-huh. you couldn't tell if it was one guy yeah. a band a dj um, you know, all of that. But my guess is, and it kind of goes back to you were saying just a second ago about how much different it is if you know the act and know their material or not. Really, though, that comes down to whether they connect, right? I mean, I don't, I didn't know a single War and Treaty song last year. And, you know, we've said many, many times those guys reached right out and just grabbed us by the throat, right? Right. I mean, so, uh, and there are those acts that, you don't have to know the words to sing along to them to to be affected by it. I forgot that yeah, Brockhampton canceled last year. That's what it That's was. That's right. Yeah, and the podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. Again, the whatpodcast.com for Bonnaroo tickets. I uh I feel I feel a little like I've I've shook some stuff out. I feel like I've I've done laundry, you know, and I feel like I've ironed the clothes and I feel better now. I feel I feel more comfortable in this yeah. outfit that I've I've worn today. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. Any chance you're going to go see any of these acts now? I'm going to see Saba. Yeah, I really like that Saba album that came out last year. And I'm going to see Childish, even though I'm so late to the party. And I feel like I've missed a, a giant moment of culture. And I, I missed it mainly because it's my own fault. When something big happens and when something is so in the zeitgeist, I usually tend to turn it off. And yeah. I ignore it because I don't want to be a part of it. I mean that's my own my own thing my same. own problem. I mean I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, but I I just do and it it I struggle with it at times. The Childish Gambino is a big one. It's a big one for me and it's a big miss. Uh, so I'm gonna definitely do that. And look, there's one artist that we didn't talk about today. I'm excited about really really excited about two shows underground. I mean I'm gonna be keep my excitement level away from you guys at camp. I'm going to make sure that you guys don't know how excited I am about Post Malone, which I can't wait. Okay. I'm just worried about the crowd. I'm worried it's going to be... I, remember Macklemore? The first year Macklemore and uh, Lewis showed up? It, that was the scariest moment of my entire Bonnaroo yeah. life because it was... I just got stuck in in like the main drag and I, I didn't get my normal like... Uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this. My normal like walk through the backstage area to the, the front of the stage. <laughs> and so I got caught in the, in the mask getting to the pit. And it was so packed and people were cramming in because that Macklemore was massive when they booked him. And the mass getting in there, I was literally lifted off of my feet. There were so many people pushing into the right side of the pit. There was a girl that fell to the ground and like people were like, I mean, they didn't have a choice. They didn't know they were running over her. I thought she was going to get trampled. Yeah, that's a nightmare. I feel like that's going to be Post Malone. I'm really worried about that. And the second show... And I'm underground, really excited about that we didn't talk about today because I want to do another episode for maybe just her, Cardi B. Yeah, I, I'm I wondered so why we excited didn't. about Cardi B. I can't sit straight. Um, that Macklemore one, I guess maybe you knew it was going to be big. Yeah. I had no idea that that crowd was going to be that big. Well, it was, Mac- what a three o'clock 
uh, Saturday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I just knew the, you know, the novelty, the hit, Thrift Shop. Thrift Shop. But see, again, back to what we were saying about Little Dicky. He, he Little Dicky combines what exactly culture is right now, right? Uh, make it viral video. Make it something that, that our eyes and ears can all get, the exposed nerves can all get hit at the same time. And that's what Thrift Shop was. Absolutely. But he had 82 minutes of other great stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's he's I got, didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, and it was powerful stuff. Uh, you know, the song uh, about the um uh the gay young man uh what what's it? The um, Same Love. Same Love. Same Love is the the hit that they did at the Grammys was where a, they were they were marrying people on the stage. Absolutely powerful. Yeah. Powerful 10 minutes of Yeah, and of by whatever. the way, and I just didn't ex- I didn't expect that. By the way, this I can't imagine this has not been talked about at your camp probably too at Bonnaroo, but has there been a bigger fall from grace than Macklemore? Macklemore that first year was so massive and then they booked him again and nobody cared. Nobody you know, cared. No, no, because and we we kind of talked about that. That was the really down year for them. Um, he had a new record that didn't go anywhere. That didn't go anywhere. It's terrible. And I think that's why they brought him back. They were counting on it going somewhere, and it didn't. Yeah. Uh, but but you're even right. now, even now, Macklemore is like treated as if like <laughs> by most of the community. I know, and it's, it's so it weird. Is, it is strange. What in the strictly novelty song sense it makes perfect sense but like i'm saying he has other material that sure. is that is really good so I, I don't disagree with what you're saying he's he's turned into somebody that that people roll their eyes at much like another artist that we didn't talk about today that i wanted to we just didn't get around to it man there's just so much hatred outside of like kanye i know i know the the problems with kanye and i get like there are certain artists that people just absolutely do not like that that pop up on the lineup every now and then. But boy, if you go through Reddit and you go through some of the the message boards and stuff, there is not more hatred of anybody at the festival this year than Hobo Johnson. Now I get it. I know he's a he's a a polarizing figure, but man, people really really dislike him. Yeah, and he's a novelty kid too. He's a novelty kid that's just trying to be you know fun and unique and different, um, and trying to find his lane. I don't really get the the hatred of him, just like I don't get the the way that Macklemore sell, sort of fell off the planet. Uh, I don't. It doesn't really ring for me. I don't really get it. I, somebody's going to have to explain it to me. Yeah, I, I I can't. All right, but I, I mean, it goes it goes to that. He knows who he is, like with Little Dicky. I mean, it's strictly novelty, but he knows exactly who it is, and he's good at it. Yeah, well, he is, and I think that maybe some people would argue that Hobo Johnson is not. I don't know. I don't know much about him. Uh, all I know is I, I read so much negativity about it. Are, are we going to do this same thing for EDM? Am I going to be able to get you to do? Oh, oh I wish people could see <laughs> oh, his face. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I feel it. like I'm giving birth to Hitler's baby right now. I don't know, man. That that hurts so much. Uh, if if we do, look, if, if we do an EDM episode, I'm not opposed to it. We're Somebody's going to have to drive this ship other than me because I have no idea. I don't know where to start. I don't know where it begins and ends. I really don't. They never do. Okay. Remember, that's what we talked about. There's no beginning, middle, and end. The What Podcast, thewhatpodcast.com. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, 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 hey. How y'all feeling? Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.